Thank you for joining our webinar today called Race Against Poverty. I appreciate you being here. We do webinars every first and third Thursday of a month. And we are going to uh, hand this over to Joanna and Aaron, who are presenters today from Watertown, New York. So Joanna, welcome. And we look forward to hearing about your race and your uh, poverty initiatives. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Everyone can hear us, right? We can. Okay, good. So um, just to introduce who's on the call, um, it's myself, Joanna Loomis. Um, I currently work at a, a health planning organization here in Watertown, New York. And just previously to this, I worked at the Watertown Urban Mission, which is a nonprofit um, poverty um reduction organization in our community. And so that's kind of where my getting ahead journey began. And I'll let Aaron introduce himself as well. Hi, everyone. My name is Aaron Nacklick, and I am fortunate enough to work with our local hospital here in Watertown, New York, Samaritan Medical Center. Um, my role in this is I was a uh, graduate of our Jefferson Leadership Institute class of 2017, our class project. Um, focused around the poverty initiative here in Watertown, and I do a lot of philanthropy work in the area. So that's my brief story. <laughs> and um, so we are both part of the Jefferson Leadership Institute, class of 2018, as you can see on your screen there. We're also both part of our local community foundations. Um, it's called a LEAD Council, and it's really a council geared towards younger professionals who want to, um, you know, help the community through philanthropy and other means. So we kind of wear a couple different hats, and you're going to see how those different hats and organizations have interacted and really come together to support getting ahead in our community. So uh, really quickly, I will mention that this PowerPoint is um, pretty basic, and it really has a lot of pictures. So we kept it picture-focused. There's almost no text. So um, we wanted to make it as lively and engaging as we could. So uh, we really welcome any and all questions that you have. So you can just put those questions in the chat box as we go along, and we'll happily get to those um, after the presentation. All right. So to start, um, thought it would be nice to just kind of talk briefly about how Getting Ahead came to our community. And I really have to do a shout out to one of our participants today, Dawn Cole. Um, she was kind of the, the cheerleader behind this. And I think she, she um, you know, steeped in bridges out of poverty and then really got into the Getting Ahead. So um, it started, I think, with uh, a training that was brought to our community in 2015, I believe. And that's when Phil Duvall, the, uh, one of the creators of Getting Ahead, actually came to Watertown, New York. And we had a big forum with lots of community participation. And I think that really got the ball rolling and it got Getting Ahead into our collective consciousness here in our community. Um, from there, Don kept poking me and prodding me and saying, hey, what are we going to do about this? We need to do something. So um, throughout the years, we kind of developed that rapport. And so 
in um, 2016-17 really started to coalesce uh, an interorganizational partnership between um, Dawn's organization, which was Community Action Planning Council of Jefferson County, as well as my organization, the Watertown Urban Mission, and another key partner, the Volunteer Transportation Center, um, because we are in a rural area and we recognize how critical transportation is to the people who live here. And if we wanted to bring getting ahead to our community, we knew that transportation was likely going to be an issue. So we, we started working with them and they grasped the uh, gravity of this project right away very quickly. Um, and um, worked with us to help transport um, clients to um, getting ahead. So really, I think getting ahead, um, and I'm assuming that people on the, um, on the webinar today have a basic understanding of getting ahead, but getting ahead is really a natural fit for the community collaborations that we had in place in our community. And, um, you know, all of us in one way or another are looking to impact quality of life in our community. And so getting ahead is a fabulous way to really do that at a grassroots level. And so it was a natural fit for us. And um, I guess I would note that, um, so we'll get into kind of the race against poverty and JLI and leads, um, big parts in all of this, but um, on our end, uh, Community Action Planning Council really got together the first Getting Ahead cohort in our entire region in spring of 2017. And um, really great group and um, very active, uh, big graduation with lots of community stakeholders to really celebrate their successes. And then later on that year, another cohort was held between Community Action and Watertown Urban Mission. And then we've had several other cohorts since then. At first, the funding really came mostly from private sources, but it was obvious that additional funding would be needed. So um, as bonds were built with the Getting Ahead um, process and the community stakeholders. Um, we'll talk a little bit about how our JLI class, um, which is Jefferson Leadership Institute, a local uh, leadership kind of course that's available to professionals in our community. Every cohort of, the, of JLI has to pick a community project. And so um, our JLI class of 2018 um, once we heard about getting ahead uh, and learned a little bit more about it, it was a no-brainer. And we all really unanimously bought onto that and uh, recognized the value of the program and decided to do a fundraiser for getting ahead as our class project. One thing, one thing just to note, too, and, and I don't know if you know any of you have had the experience of being in a large room with 28 leadership professionals from you know, a certain area, uh, everybody kind of has their own passions and they have their, their own ideas of what's needed in the community. And I think it's important to let everyone know that when we came up with an idea to support this Getting Ahead initiative, there was not a single hand that went up in the room against it. We were unanimous in that moment to support this pretty incredible uh, project. So I think that's important to, uh, to note. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I think another kind of fun thing about how Getting Ahead came to our community, it was how all these different balls were in the air at the same time and all sorts of things were kind of happening all at once. So you have um, Dawn's stewardship of bringing bridges in general and Getting Ahead in particular to our community and kind of sparking a community interest in that. You had the visit from Phil. You had uh, a few years later, we've got actually bringing getting ahead to the table with our first couple of cohorts. You've got the Jefferson Leadership Institute class who's really, um, you know, buying into the mission of getting ahead and choosing to support it. Um, then you also have, um, you know, we had a an interesting and unique opportunity. We had New York State um sponsored what was called the Empire State Poverty Reduction Initiative, and that um, was an effort through the governor's office that awarded funding to a number of cities within New York State that was all geared towards poverty reduction. So the city of Watertown was awarded $1 million towards poverty reduction initiatives in our community. And so then the task of our community was to really figure out how we were going to spend that money. And interestingly enough, I think whether by design or not, ESPRI, as it's called, um, really built in a lot of bridges style um, constructs into how each community was tasked to determine how the money was spent. So for instance, we had to have community representatives, um, people who were in poverty, uh, currently in poverty, previously in poverty, they needed to be at the table. And uh, I think the state recognized that and we recognized that early on. So we really made sure that that was embraced. And so we had um, a very strong representation of people in poverty at the table determining how this ESPRI funding was going to be allotted and awarded. And so we ended up, our community chose four projects, and one of those projects was called, is called Champions for Change. And that involves bringing bridges training to the community, as well as sponsoring getting ahead cohorts. So that was a huge unleashing of a lot of, a significant amount of funding in our community, really just for getting ahead. And that's amazing. So um, so now you've got a couple different funding sources, whereas before you had none, um, and a lot of synergy around that. So, um, so between funding from the JLI class and ESPRI, um, that also leveraged some additional support from the Northern New York Community Foundation and the LEAD program. And so as we're scrolling through, you can see this previous slide, that was um, the first cohort that graduated from Getting Ahead. And um, they had a dinner um, where we had uh, a group from the JLI class come in and really kind of wanted to have some energy and some bonding and some rapport building between different classes in our community. And here you can see we've got, um, uh, we had a reception with Phil Duvall, you can see there near the bottom, um, Don Cole's in there, I'm in there and Aaron as well as a few other facilitators and then members of various cohorts that had graduated or were in progress at that point. And we had a reception for Phil at our local community foundation. 
to really celebrate our progress. And this is the JLI class of 2018, 17, sorry. Um, and you can see that um, that was taken during one of our sessions and that's our whole group. And that group really embraced um, and led the charge for um, you know, fundraising for getting ahead in our community. So what you are <clears throat> kind of seeing here, and I apologize for the uh, the blurriness of this photo, but um, one of the days of our, our JLI session um, was based around legislature and government, local government. And this was kind of the day um, that everyone just decided that, yes, this was, this was the project we wanted to go forward with. And we didn't have a name. We didn't know what the event was going to be yet. Um, we just decided that this poverty initiative is something that affects us all. And um, actually many of the members of our uh, class of uh, 2017 actually had their own stories about growing up in poverty or being you know, strapped for resources. So this day is the day that um, we made the decision to move forward. At our next session, um, it came out that, you know, everyone, everyone does golf tournaments and, you know, 5Ks and color runs. And we wanted something that was creative and different and had a hook. So we came up with the Race Against Poverty. And the day it was born, everybody, again, was really excited about it. And um, we had we had a really great group of people, some graphic design artists. We had, we had some marketing people. So uh, the Race Against Poverty was born. So what I'm going to do is just kind of briefly go through what the Race Against Poverty is. And even looking at the logo, um, something we, we have actually toyed with is, is tweaking it just a little bit. Um, it does have a little 5K-ish feel. And we, we want to make sure everyone knows that if you've seen The Amazing Race on TV, which I think most people are at least familiar with it, it's, it's really a, more of a scavenger hunt rather than you know a, a specific road race or anything like that. So what we do is the race itself consists of teams of two. And the, the teams of two will be given, let me just click on this here. Teams are given this list of clues, and you'll see the list of clues on the right. And some of them are a little cryptic, and but most of them focus on a business within, and you can see on the left, that, that red circle is the boundaries of the race. Um, Watertown itself has been through uh, kind of a revitalization process. The local governments and local um, organizations have really focused around rebuilding the downtown area. And with that revitalization, they've brought in a whole bunch of new businesses, ranging from breweries to shops uh, to restaurants. And we wanted to um, take the opportunity to shed some light on these new businesses um, while having fun and focusing on our poverty initiative. So teams, the teams of two are given, and I think we have a slideshow. Um, I think we have a slideshow coming up here. We can skip the sponsors a little bit here. Um, but you can kind of see how many sponsors we had. I'm going to touch on sponsorships in just a second. Um, but this is a fun little slideshow of the start of the race. And you'll see that they have envelopes in their hand. And they're given the clues right then. 
and they have to solve the clues just like the amazing race and then they have to go to the businesses and at the businesses they need to perform a task once they perform the task a volunteer at that organization will stamp their card and then the first team that crosses the finish line uh, is the winner sounds easy enough what we realized um, and I, I should also say that we, we certainly don't have the rights to this race. We believe that anybody who wants to um, take this and run with it and support poverty, poverty initiatives in their own community, uh, you'll see mine and Joanna's email information at the end. We will be more than happy to share with you our resources, what we've developed, um, and certainly we'll answer any questions at the end of this call as well. Um, what our group realized is how much logistics actually went into this. Um, not only did we need to get organizations, <laughs> um, we needed to get organizations to commit to opening up their uh, restaurants, bars, shops. Um, we, we had to get them to staff them because we didn't have enough volunteers to staff each one. And it was unbelievable the amount of support that we ended up getting. Um, our first year of running it, 2017, I think we had 12 businesses and some bonus stops. Just we included some historical pieces, um, and then we moved it to 15 stops this past year. Racers took about an hour, and the, everybody was just raving about it. Everyone had a great time. We even strapped a GoPro to somebody this year, uh, so we got to actually see the race um, firsthand. So. Our group decided to break it down into four committees. We, we had 28 members of our JLI class, so it was enough for us to kind of divide and conquer. We started with a logistics committee. The logistics committee was in charge of developing the map, developing the clues, which can be tricky. It helps to have somebody who is a little creative and quirky and can make it um, fun. Um, and obviously a little challenging helps as well. They were also in charge of um, developing the rules for it, the structure for it. Um, obviously, um, racers are crossing the roads and everything like that. So we wanted to make sure the layout was safe for everybody. And then they were also in charge with um, kind of tying in that downtown revitalization, like I was talking about, getting businesses that are new and exciting. And we wanted to shed some, again, some light on those. Um, the one committee that that I really latched on to um, myself was the sponsorship committee. And the sponsorship committee, if you're going for a high dollar amount raised, is going to be one of your most important um, committees that there is. The, the after party, the event itself doesn't raise a ton of money, um, but sponsorships, if you present this, especially now that we have um, some of the, the marketing materials we have, Local businesses really have latched onto this. Uh, in fact, in 2017, we were really able to raise $24,000 towards this um, incredible poverty initiative. And then this year, we raised another $23,000. And then I'll talk a little bit about LEED's um, contribution as well. The sponsorship committee is pretty straightforward. If you've done any philanthropy work or you've done any fundraising work, it is developing your package to bring to them. What do they get? Um, and what is the event itself and what is it representing? And most importantly, I, I would recommend sending somebody who's passionate about the cause uh, to speak with these organizations. The program sells itself. 
It truly does. Getting ahead is an incredible initiative. And um, if you have, you know, the type of community that we do, um, people really will latch on to that. And they would be willing to not only just give you um, sponsorship dollars, but we had a lot of our organizations uh, participate. They actually put teams in the race as well. So uh, we're pretty fortunate there. Marketing was another huge committee. Um, we had our local um, news outlets, uh, radio, print, TV, social media, all together. They donated about $9,000 of in-kind donations, whether it be a commercial. Um, and I think we're on YouTube, but we're going to show you a link to the start of our race as well. Um, but $9,000 of media for a gold package of 2500 bucks was a fairly easy sell for us. Um, in fact, we had to um, we had to limit the number of top sponsors because we only had so much space uh, to put logos. So again, a good problem to have. And our relationships with the media, um, we we also put them in the race as a stop, so they got kind of a, a double bang for their buck um, there. The last committee was the after party, and the after party again pretty pretty standard stuff as far as um, an event would go. We we found a lot of organizations did not want to give monetary donations, um, but we were able to get you know some some items donated. Uh, so we just held a raffle, um, and we did. We the first year we sold tickets. The second year we just um, we had the food donated, so we didn't end up selling tickets for the event. We just sold raffle tickets. And I have, I have written down here on my sheet that it's it was very, very critical for us. And I can let Joanna jump in on this one, but I remember when the initial meetings were taking place that it was crucial um, that this was owned by everyone and no one in particular. And Joanna, do you want to just touch on kind of the importance of that notion? Yeah, I think that's something that our community is used uh, as sort of a mantra as we go through the getting ahead journey that um, and again I keep talking about Dawn but that's been her mantra as well that this is something that is owned by everyone and no one at the same time and so I think this whole process really captures that feeling that um, you have all these different entities coming on board to you know, to support this Getting Ahead initiative. So you've got multiple community organizations partnering together to actually deliver Getting Ahead. You have multiple community stakeholders coming together and funding sources to allow those community organizations to make that happen. So you've got the Jefferson Leadership Institute, you've got the Northern New York Community Foundation and its lead council. You've got a whole bunch of sponsors, you know, who are getting behind the, uh, you know, the cause and the mission of this, and they felt passionately that this was something that our community needed and that would benefit our community. And really, part of all that is um, entwined in and throughout all of that is bringing all three economic classes together. And for all of us who know Bridges and know getting ahead, you know that has to be, that is an integral part of uh, the whole process is everyone working together, uh, building bonds and bridges across social classes or economic classes, 
And having a common language to use to speak about poverty and quality of life in our communities. So that was just huge. Um, and I think, you know, that surfaced in so many other ways in this whole process. And just to kind of give you a couple vignettes, um, you know, we, we had, um, at the time the 2017 Race Against Poverty was held, we had um, a, a group that was currently in process, a getting head cohort that was currently in process, and they were active participants in the race. Um, so a couple of them made, um, formed a few teams. Uh, others of them served as volunteers the day of. Um, so they were at the table and um, very much involved with the actual event itself at the same time that they were involved in their own getting ahead workshops. Um, and that carried through with the next year as well. So, yep. And again, it, we, we talked about that kind of quickly, but I, it was absolutely critical for us. And it was very important for us to make sure that we included the graduates especially in not only participating in the race, but volunteering at the race. Um, we also are going to be bringing them to the table to be a part of the um, the committee work leading into this year's race. So we're very, very excited about that. And we're finding that it's very beneficial for the, for the um, graduates as well. Uh, I'm going to take you back just a couple slides. I want to tell you just a brief story. Um, I think that the symbolism in this story is, speaks for itself. Um, you'll see the rock wall right here, and um, this is not the participant, but one of our participants, and she did give me approval to, to use this story, um, she, she made it to the wall, and um, her partner got up the wall, and she got on the wall to, to climb up it, and she just couldn't do it. And the day, that day, this is 2017's race, was dreary, it was sprinkling, it kind of rained on and off, so participants were a little damp, um, you know, running around the city. And she was just about to finish up the race and come across the finish line, which would have stopped her clock. And she told her partner that, you know, it was really bothering her that she couldn't get up the rock wall. So that stuck out in her mind, and the staff, you can kind of see here, and their shirts were encouraging her if she wanted to come back that she could and she told her partner let's do it let's go back and she marched all the way back which probably was about a, a 10 minute walk for her um, and she sat at that rock wall until she got it and I think that speaks volumes she actually used that speech in her graduation speech um, her that that lesson she learned and that's kind of the motto of how we do our race is we do it for the people, for the graduates. So it's very, very critical. And I'll say that again, if you have getting ahead or bridges or folks who are actually going through this real life stuff, it makes it so much more valid and it makes, it just makes it more exciting. It, it just the whole, the whole vibe of it is just, it, it's better. Um, so that's, that's the race in general. We've started planning 2019, and, and I left off on the picture of our presentation to um, the Northern New York Community Foundation. And it's, it's important for me to talk just for a second about the Community Foundation. First of all, they do amazing work um, within our community, and that's a three-county-wide area that they represent. 
Um, Joanna and I are both fortunate enough to be on the lead council that she mentioned and really a group of young professionals that are just trying to do, you know, philanthropic work within the community. Um, but lead council really latched onto this as well. They wanted to help. So not only did they volunteer and participate in the race, um, they made a presentation to the large overseeing board um, of the community foundation. And we had a little money within Leeds budget, so they donated $5,000 towards the cause. And the big presentation to the, the large board resulted in another $20,000 donation. So all told, in just two races, two years, a little less than two years, not only have we had incredible success with the amount of graduates that we've uh, graduated from the cohorts, um, we've raised about $75,000. Um, for those of you who do philanthropy work um, in your community, Joanna and I were just talking before we went on air um, on this webinar that that number, it's easy to kind of gloss over, you know, oh, great, you raised 75000 That's a That's a phenomenal um, number, and that will represent cohorts to come. That will also, uh, we're talking now, and I'm going to let Joanna touch on this briefly, uh, the importance of staying ahead that our graduates, we're very proud of, have started and started themselves. So I'm going to kind of turn it back over to Joanna just to talk about um, staying ahead and how LEAD and the Community Foundation are trying to team up to support that. Um, and then we'll kind of, we'll wrap things up for you and and go from there. We'll answer any questions that you have. So for staying ahead, um, I think the getting ahead process itself recognizes that the journey to a better quality of life doesn't end with your last um, final 16th getting ahead session. Um, that's really just the beginning, right? So, um, so in our community, what staying ahead has looked like is a less formal, um, but really even more interactive approach to really building, continuing to build the 11 resources that all of us have. Um, and so what we've done is um, our community has a very closed private Facebook group that is kind of now becoming a rite of passage on the day that our graduates are set to graduate from getting ahead. They are invited um, to join that closed private Facebook group, and that becomes a very accessible forum for all of our grads in the region to communicate to one another and for everyone to communicate um, things like opportunities, um, areas to build resources, even just up encouraging and uplifting words, um, you know, because knowing that that journey out of poverty um, is seldom a walk in the park and can have some dark moments. So it's a community of encouragement. And it's a way to um, let everyone know in a very democratic fashion um, when the getting ahead sessions are going to be. So getting ahead or sorry, staying ahead in our area is really driven by graduates themselves. And I think it has to be in order for it to succeed. So graduates who are interested can help um, determine and plan and pull the group on what they'd like to do. So in our community, what that looks like is every month, um, 
they set up uh, a time uh, during an evening to come together, uh, have a have a little bit of food, and they get together in a local um, community organization, and they, as a group, decide what resource they'd like to focus on that month. So if it's uh, economic resources, then, uh, for instance, this month they've invited some local financial representatives like financial planners and people who work in banking institutions to come and talk to them about what are some tips and tricks of the trade to maximize personal um, finances, whether that's through monthly budgeting, uh, beginners investment tips uh, and whatnot. Um, and it's really a forum for them to interact and uh, and build those resources. So that's what staying ahead looks like. And um, really another kind of part of the synergy that this whole process has created in our community is that as staying ahead continues, graduates are continuing to um, keep those bonds and vice versa with the people in the various sectors and economic classes that have worked together to do the race against poverty. So, for instance, um, graduates have reached out to JLI and lead council members to see if there's any um, expertise or availability for them to present on the various resources at Staying Ahead seminars. And that's really kept those bonds going and kept that engagement going. And it's really a perfect way to, as a group, continue and as a community, continue to build resources. Um, we also had, um, so the JLI class of 2018, so the one right after ours, um, we kind of talked with them a little bit about getting ahead and bridges, and that group actually one of the things they chose to do for their fundraising was to uh, raise funding for staying ahead efforts. So that class actually did jump on board and they have set up a scholarship style program with some funding um, to help with staying ahead efforts in our community, which is huge. Um, and I think I'll also note that, um, you know, you see the community foundation in our community really kind of a, a constant theme throughout all of this. And that is also a part of this whole thing being owned by everyone and no one. Um, sometimes it can be a trap for a specific nonprofit to really try and take over an initiative like this. And um, consciously, subconsciously, sometimes that m makes it um, a program of that organization and not so much a program of the community. So in our community, what has really worked is this partnership with the Community Foundation. And as you can see, um, you know, this slide is showing that we raised $23,000 for our second annual Race Against Poverty that the JLI class and LEAD hosted in 2018. And all that money is dumped into a specific fund within our local community foundation, which is great because it's a neutral sort of third party, no one owns it um, bucket that um, can have very standardized, agreed upon ways that will, um, you know, distribute that funding to organizations who are hosting Getting Ahead classes. So, and that pretty much um, sums up the specifics of everything we do. I guess I'll just leave you with, if you take a peek at your screen right here, one of our graduates, um, Tim, gave an amazing speech, and we continue 
to see the success stories roll in from our graduates. And uh, we will include the link right here to watch Tim's whole speech. I would highly recommend watching it. It really um, it, it touches on a lot of different things, his struggle and how getting ahead has truly helped him. Um, so you can kind of take a peek at it at your own leisure. And one word that um, Joanna and I, Joanna and I have consistently used is momentum. And two years ago, Dawn and Joanna myself sat in, in a room and, and how we could get all of this going. And she said, you know, we just need to drop a stone and get the ripples going and we'll see how this thing takes off. And so we are very, very fortunate that our momentum has truly um, been building and building since that moment. And we could not be more proud to not only be presenting on this webinar, but to be doing this for our for our community here. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing experience, and I think everyone involved would echo the same sentiment. Agreed. It's initially um, seems daunting that getting ahead doesn't fund itself, and if you want to bring getting ahead to your community, you're going to have to find a way to fund it. Um, but in the end, for our community, I think it's actually been a blessing in disguise because it's actually forced us to um, really be proactive about getting different community stakeholders involved and sort of um, wrangling the community to to show them what getting ahead and bridges are all about and getting their buy-in. And then once that has been done, um, the the passion for the for the mission of it all is really unleashed and it's really been a beautiful kind of journey for us that we hope will continue for years and years to come. So thank you so much for listening to us. I guess we'll go ahead and um, put our contact information up here and open the floor for any questions that you might have in regards to getting ahead in our area, um, ideas, thoughts, anything at all. Thank you guys very much. That was wonderful. I enjoyed um, listening to that very much and know that you have a very, very strong Bridges and Getting Ahead uh, community there in Water. I will also share this uh, link uh, out on the Bridges Out of Poverty Facebook page, if that makes it easier, uh, the video link easier for you guys to pick up. But what questions do you have for Erin and Joanna? Um, while you're typing those questions in, I will talk about uh, the community of Waterton has done a lot of training on Bridges Out of Poverty and getting ahead in the workplace and has um, a nice handful of certified trainers from different sectors to help advance the work. And AHA Process has its next uh, trainer certification in Cincinnati, um, November 5 through 7 for Bridges and framework, which is the K through 12, um, the college piece, if you have college professionals that need to be um, certified, and then there's also a getting ahead training. So it's not too late to get on that if you would like to join that training as well. How many runners, how many teams of two do you have? That's a great question. Um, last year we had um, about 84 racers. We had one team of three last year that we let race. 
Um, this year, we ran the race a little bit later in the year. We had a time crunch last year uh, with our graduation, so we had to complete that project beforehand. Uh, so we ran it in May. We decided to run it a little bit later in June this year, and we were actually at about 68 racers, I believe. Um, so down just a little, and we found that um, June was very hectic. Um, there are a lot of events, golf tournaments, um, other organizations running stuff with the nice weather up here. Um, so next year we've decided to um, drop it back into uh, May to keep the racers up, but about about a hundred, a uh, little over a hundred and thirty or so in the last two years. Okay, thank you. Right. Well, it doesn't look like we have any more questions. Um, if um, you can send me an email or get to Joanna and Aaron, if you have any more questions about their specifics, uh, what a task to do all that planning. And it really showed that you did that with the turnout that you had and, and the way that it looks like it ran so smoothly. So thank you for your time and for sharing how your community supports Bridges and Getting Ahead and what you do um, to create that funding in your community to continue to stabilize lives. So if there aren't any more questions, we thank everybody for joining and have a good day. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. Bye-bye. Thank you.